0: what radio the music you want know. with your host these Dan. okay what's up party people it's keys dan with RadioWhat.com, djlittlerock.com coming to you live in a living color from the radio what studios and this is my podcast what makes you famous it's an extension of the radio internet radio station that i've been running for quite some time and if you need dj services where do you go djlittlerock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me. Me? Me? At your party? <laughs> I'm so excited. I get to be with people at their best times. Yes! You know, weddings and corporate events and parties. Oh, just little five-year-old birthday parties. I learned how to make balloon animals so I can play at little uh, little birthday parties. and I entertain all the kids, and usually the parents are In a square or in a rectangle uh, around the the perimeter, making sure that everything is going good. This way they can converse and chit-chat while I take care of the kids in the dance floor, having some fun. Yeah, party with the people. I've been doing a lot of weddings, too. I have a wedding coming up on Saturday. I'm stoked about that. Hey, coming up on the program, Elizabeth Lanning. Who's Elizabeth Lanning? Or you're going to find out a little bit more about her. In the next few minutes, I am excited to speak to her. I, I, I know a little bit about her. I know a little bit about her, but I want to know a little more about her. So, yeah, we're talking to Elizabeth Lanning on the podcast. Hey, uh, in this week's shows, I did have a show on Friday night, my regular Friday night gig at the Rab, but the Rab is closing up for this week. Uh, they have a, a the virus scare, the COVID nineteen virus scare, the novel. COVID-19 uh, coronavirus scare. Yeah. Uh, I hope they're not overreacting. I hope they're overreacting. I hope that's what it is. And, and this virus just goes away the way of the dodo, just like the other viruses have. And that's uh, where we're at in this time capsule, in this part of space and time right now as we record this in March of 2020. All right. I think I've talked your ear off. Oh, and I do have that wedding on Saturday. Stoked about that. I did get a call from the bride and she was a little concerned, but she says, I think we're a go. We're going to go for it. Yeah. You know, put the family together. Have some fun. You know, what are the chances? Stay healthy. All right. (laughs) Let's pick it up a notch. Let's take it up. Let's pick up the pace. It's time to talk to Elizabeth Landing. Find out more about Elizabeth Lanning calling Elizabeth Lanning now. Elizabeth Lanning, please. That's me. How can I help you? It's you. It's me, Keys Dan, with the What Makes You Famous podcast. How are you doing?
1: I am fabulous. How are you?
0: I like fabulous. That's a word that I use quite often, especially uh, (laughs) describing people such as yourself who have strived for fabulosity. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Elizabeth Lanning, tell the people, give the people a little idea. Of who you are.
1: So, um, I am the Miss Virginia USA ambassador for 2020. Um, I'm also a nursing student in college. I work, um, I work with Blue Ridge Community College, trying to get that degree. Um, And um, I really spend most of my free time volunteering with different homeless shelters and working with homeless veterans. All right, that's about all I have
0: time for. Elizabeth Lanning, that is the ten poles of you. Uh, who you are as a person is uh, is a lot of what you do. And I know that the homeless shelter, we could start there because it seems like that's one of the biggest ten poles, at least one that comes to the forefront. Whenever I follow you on your Instagram and your social media, I see that you really are community oriented. Where did that come from? Was that something that you learned from your parents? Had you done that in your earlier school life? Or is that something that you discovered a passion for at this juncture
1: so that's actually a really good question um when i was growing up my mother used to take in animals um from bad homes but we wouldn't take in dogs and cats we take in exotics we took in birds and lizards and things like that and she always kind of taught me that no matter what we had somebody always had less and that you needed to always reach out your hand to help others so from when i was a little girl I've been going out in my community and helping out. I volunteer at like public events and things like that until I was, you know, old enough to do some of the bigger things. And um, now with the volunteering at homeless shelters, that's really sparked a passion because what I do is I work um, for helping homeless veterans to get the programs they need in place in order to get the jobs that they need to get back on their feet. And I just love that. My whole family is veterans, um, all of my cousins are currently in the military. I plan on going Army as soon as my degree is finished to be a nurse with them. So um, I've always had this huge passion for helping others and helping my community because your community is only as strong as you bake it. And this has really given me the opportunity to like let that shine.
0: Oh, I believe that to be true. That There is a, a homeless situation that's going on. I, I'm here in Arkansas, and I know I know that they, they've kind of let the, the homeless people have at least a face because a lot of times... The homeless are shunned. They're put away, and and you see people here in Arkansas, where I'm at, and I know that you're in Virginia. uh, You know, in in Arkansas, they they let the people panhandle, which means uh, you know people standing on the street corners uh, asking for for money, uh, a handout, if you will. I I know that it has to be embarrassing for them, but you know, my first instinct, and I know that's it's not just me, but it, you know, I can only speak for myself. My first instinct is is why doesn't that person have a job, you know? But do I stop? Do I do I take the time to ask what that person is all about? No, I, I pretty much stop, uh, look, give a nice nod and and a smile, and drive on, you know. But I do talk to people here in the community that help the homeless, the the Coho community. That the, in fact, I've had a few of the people for the Conway uh, City of Hope outreach. Uh, here in Conway, Arkansas, and and they do stop. Uh, there's you know one person that I talked to just recently does stop. How do you? How it in depth do you get involved with the homeless? Do you see people on the corner? What what's your your first idea? What's your first thought?
1: So generally, when I see somebody who has like who maybe a homeless veteran and they're wearing the army or they're wearing their dog tags and stuff, my first question is. Not usually like why don't they have a job or what did they go through that isn't allowing them to get a job mm. and um, not to exploit anybody. So I'm going to leave out names, but there is a man who is often on our streets and he works for food. And so in the wintertime, I didn't necessarily stop and I don't. I didn't really give him money, but I turned around. I went to Walmart. I bought him gloves and um, non-perishable foods uh, that he could just open and eat when he needed it and things like that. So I like to help them out in ways that aren't necessarily monetary because, you know, you don't always know who, who everyone is and what their demons are, but I still want to be able to like reach out and help them. And so oftentimes like, if it's cold, I'll get them gloves. Or if it's, um, if it's exceptionally hot, I'll get them a cold drink of water or I'll go to Starbucks and get them a lemonade or something like that.
0: So, you know, in particular, this one person, what's the general a uh, consensus when, when you do give a person some gloves, are, are they appreciative or, you know, because in the movies and I got to relate to the movies. Cause I don't have a lot of, <laughs> of first world experience. You know, you'll see people here, here's a sandwich. I don't want a sandwich. I wanted a dollar. What's the, yeah, what's so the feedback? I've had that,
1: I've had that in DC. Um, actually, I got somebody subway and he threw the sandwich at me, which was a little intense. Um, But with <laughs> With a lot of the community around here, um, they'll cry um, and they'll just be so grateful and they'll, they'll thank you in every possible way they can. And it's just, it's really heartwarming to see that. And that's when you kind of realize just how in need some people in the community are, you know, to the point where all you did was get a basic human decency. You went and spent like $5 on gloves and then they're crying because they needed them. And so that's a consensus um, of generally people I see. Um, in the smaller towns of Virginia. In Richmond, you do have to be a little more cautious. Um I am a girl. I'm in my 20s. I have to be really cautious sometimes. Um but usually if you know what to like look for and you see people who truly are in need and like they'll always be so grateful for, for any help they can get.
0: You know, yeah, you're a girl in your 20s, a pretty girl in <laughs> in fact, you know, it is dangerous. <laughs> out there in the city. So being in Virginia, I'm guessing that's pretty close to DC, the nation's capital. Is there a big homeless problem? And and I know that you sp- specialize in not just a, a broader sense of the homeless, but th- in particular, the veterans. And these are the ones we need to take care of. You know, a lot of, uh, and again, I have to relate to movies. You know, people came back from the Nam or came back from uh, the Middle East. And and couldn't reconstitute back into into civilization, especially if they've done long tours. Who knows uh, what horrors they've seen? Uh, protecting our country and 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 doing what they thought was right to to uh, to protect our freedoms, uh, you know, and and to reassimilate back into the, into you know r- real life where they have to take care of themselves and possibly a family. That uh, you know, is it? a lot of psychological issues that you're dealing with or, or is it, uh, you know, just pe- they're not getting a break. Uh, wh- what is, what is the big problem that you find with why are they homeless?
1: So, um, I think what I've definitely seen the most is PTSD or, hmm. um, because of PTSD drug addiction. And okay. it's, I mean, it's absolutely tragic to have to recognize that that is truly an issue, especially, um, we used to call it shell shock. Now we okay. call it PTSD. It's, it's been around as long as time. We just come up with different names for it every hundred years or so. Um, I think in Northern Virginia into DC, a couple years back in the 70s or 80s, so I guess it's a bit back, they um, closed down a mental asylum called St. Elizabeth. And the majority of the population in that asylum were veterans. And they were just kind of turned out on the streets. The families didn't come and pick them up. So there is a lot of the psychological issues happening with a lot of those people who come out of St. Elizabeth and um, sometimes you even have to just, you know, they get a little rowdy and stuff. And so, you know, you call the police and the police will are really kind from what I found. And they'll always escort them to like homeless shelters or drive them places that maybe are a little too far to walk. But um, yeah, I feel like definitely the PTSD is the biggest issue in a lot of the homeless veterans. Um, Some of them just got unlucky. They came back and their wife had drained their bank account and left them. And it, Things like that start a cycle and they can't always break free of that cycle um, just because it was so traumatic to having been to war and then to come home to nothing and things like that.
0: Oh, I could see that. You know, they they were having a paycheck. It might not have been a big paycheck, but it was a, a source of it's income and, and they come back to, to no job. And you're saying possibly a spouse that that has cleaned them out and, and has uh, you know left town, skipped out. Uh, on this fine, fine people, you know, and uh, do you find that, uh, I guess the majority are, are men or women, or is it a combination of both? Cause I've seen, you know, homeless people of, of both uh, sexes and all races. Uh, you know, what do you think that the demographic is most that you're able to, to be in contact with and, and you know, who are you helping?
1: So, in this is my favorite example in men over 50, um, mm. who are homeless in America. This is, this is a whole America. Um, 50% of them are veterans, which is really, really tragic because only about 8% of the population of that age um, was in service. And so to see literally over half of these people are are homeless veterans, it's just really, really tragic. And it shows that it, it, it's really disproportionate to the population and really proves that there was a problem that maybe we're addressing now, but we didn't address <laughs> it fast enough at the time because we didn't quite have all of the um, psychological understanding that we do now.
0: That is an incredibly high statistic, Elizabeth Lanning. I'm blown away, you know, that, that many people are are homeless. And is this, you know, primarily in the nation's capital or in the surrounding areas, or is this nationwide or is it worldwide?
1: that That is nationwide, um, which is absolutely, I mean, tragic to me. I'm lucky my state, I've had the honor of getting in contact with, um, one of our senators, Mark Warner, who just kind of explained to me what we're doing in Virginia now. And um, I've expressed interest in, um, hey, like, do you want to work together? And we can come up with um, programs to help the homeless in rural areas. Because in big cities like Richmond and things like that, there are health centers. They're bigger. There's more people. There's more resources. But I live in a little town in Virginia. I live in Stanton. I live in the middle of nowhere. Huh. And um, <laughs> it's true. And there's just not the financial help and the resources that we need to better better help them to get back on their feet
0: oh she's a small town girl and so uh, growing up in okay let's uh let's back away from this a little bit and let's get the beginnings of you uh where did elizabeth lanning start and you say you started in a small town grew up in a small town born in well, a small town
1: <laughs> i was um actually born in northern virginia but i was uh, I lived in Vienna growing up. So it is it's on like the top like five small towns in Virginia. Um, but it's still a pretty big town. I mean, I had about what, uh, maybe four hundred people in my graduating class. So just by all means it was not super small. Um, but it was a very tight knit community. Um, and that like that really just sparked everything for me. I was like, Oh my gosh, well community is everything. If I know all four hundred people's names in my graduating class, it can't be that big, you know?
0: Yeah that's going to shape a, a young life. If, if your school is tight, you know, the people in your school, your, your community oriented, uh, what kind of activities you say, you, you volunteered a little bit as a, a small, uh, young lass <laughs> in, in school. Uh, what was, what was your first memory of, of getting into the community? And, and was that something that your, your parents took you to, or is that something that your school teacher t- took you to? So it was definitely
1: my parents. Um, I used to volunteer every single um, Memorial Day. We have an event. It's called uh, Viva Vienna. It's like my town's big fair. And um, growing up, I'd go, and even when I wasn't old enough to, I don't know, maybe set up signs or talk to vendors and things like that, I'd work as like a crossing guard, just making sure people dismounted their bikes and stuff like that, which was super rewarding, even though I know a lot of my friends were off playing um, on the little fair rides and stuff that we had. I met a lot of really amazing people just through being willing to stop and like put aside wanting to, <laughs> wanting to play in order to make sure that everything got done so the whole community could enjoy like that.
0: You know, the, the crossing guard in school is the, is a, 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 a position of a responsibility, but also a position that can be ridiculed by the other kids that you have to wear one of the uh, reflective uh, jackets <laughs> while you were doing the the crossing guard, the, uh, the, the parking, the, the making sure that oh, people, yes. uh, and how did you feel when you, when you were in that position of authority? Do you have a little, a little badge on you as well?
1: No, I just <laughs> usually wore the crossing guard vest. And I mean, I found that if, if you make, if you make fun of yourself before anyone else can make fun of you, it usually goes pretty well. So I'd be like, Oh yes, I'm feeling fabulous today. I'm look at me in my big orange, Jacket, and everyone else would just kind of laugh along and be like, "Oh well, I I guess if she thinks it's okay, it's okay."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beginnings of community service for you, Miss Elizabeth Lanning. So, your mom and dad—I mean, what did you get specifically from from your your parents? Uh, what What did your mom do, and and what did your your dad do uh, for for a living and and as a person? So,
1: my mom is a fifth grade teacher for gifted and talented kids.
0: Cool, um, which
1: is. Which was always a really cool job. And she always explained to me that it's not always the income that you make from a job like that. You don't, you don't go into teaching for the money. You do it for the love of the youth and the, you know, wanting the betterment of society and things like that. And of course, with that, <laughs> with that job, my dad, my dad bring, did bring home the money maker on that. He works for the government. Um, he just does project management with them. Uh, but he finds that pretty rewarding too because he gets to, work with a lot of the bigger corporations and things like that and make sure they're secure so that they don't have to worry about that side of their business and they can do what they need to do.
0: Well, it's good. It seems like your your parents were stable. You had a good, uh, stable life uh, growing up. Parents that love you. Parents that worked hard. A teacher. Fantastic. And uh, gifted, you said. Uh, Were you gifted?
1: Yes, uh, I was in the Gifted Talented program growing up. I really loved it. The class classes were so small. There were, like, 14 kids in my class, um, all, all through elementary and middle school. Um, until I got to high school, where, obviously, APs and things like that started. So I really I did enjoy that because, like, when you have so few people, you get to do a lot more, and you get to know them in depth. And, I mean, that's always really cool. I love people. And so um, getting to be so tight-knit with, like, a group of I don't know there may maybe fifty of us in my grade broken up into classes, and you know I got to I got to really get to know everyone through those years, and that was really cool.
0: Elizabeth Lanning, smart too, there another check mark. And so <laughs> uh, growing up through the years, did your mom ever or was your mom ever your teacher?
1: okay uh, yeah, I get that question so much. Um, no. <laughs> so, um, we did go to I did attend the same school she taught at for a period of time um which means i didn't have to ride the bus which i didn't mind um but no she was never my teacher uh she was she was on the teaching staff at the school though which was pretty wild she did for the most part i was in elementary school so she did she did leave me alone which i kind of appreciated at that age
0: well while you were going to the same school did you make her drop drop you off like a a block away or did you let her drive you all the way to the the faculty parking
1: oh heck no she drove me to faculty parking (laughs) i got I mean, we get there before all the kids because the teachers have to be there first anyway. So it didn't matter too much. And all my friends knew her. So it wasn't a huge deal.
0: So what'd you do with that time while you were waiting for the other kids to show up to school?
1: Oh, in elementary school, I was a patrol. I was one <laughs> of those patrols. Oh, yeah. I went hard.
0: It was fun. Go get them. Community oriented from the beginning. Uh, you know, and you you had that self-deprecating humor to, to help to fend away the bullying did you experience any bullying that you couldn't handle
1: um well back in fifth grade i actually got bullied really badly my whole class did by these two bullies and um we did have to get like counselors involved and stuff not just for me but for like a whole group of kids which was completely crazy and the school was like trying to brush it off but my parents my parents and the other kids parents did not let that happen
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah you, you know it, when whenever my uh my friends and i were were messing around and i grew up in miami you know in in, in a tougher part of town and we all played outside in city, the dirt city. you know and, and if any of the, the kids got the got into uh into tussles you'd always threaten, I'm going to get my mom. And that was it. That, that broke up the fight. No, he's getting his mom. We can have rifles and knives and, and other kinds of weapons. But if he's getting his mom, we're breaking it up. Yes. Yeah. Your, your parents, trust in your parents, kids out there. <laughs> I'm, oh learning, I'm learning from you, Elizabeth Lanning. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, we used, to, we used to ride our bikes a lot. My parents kind of ended up being like, They've always been the neighborhood parents, even after they got divorced, um, Uh which they did when I was younger. And they lived separately. They were still each their own neighborhood parent. Um, Anybody got hurt, we'd all show up to my parents' house. (laughs) And we'd be like, we're we're bruised up and we're scraped. And they'd be like, that's nice. Brush your hands, brush your knees, go play.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, did you have any siblings growing up?
1: Yeah, I have a little sister. She's a senior in high school now. She's a a rower. Um, She just crew. And she's very, very talented at that and I never got the athletic gene. Um but, okay. but yeah, so she always she always can handle herself because she is one heck of an athlete.
0: <laughs> okay. Well we brag, brag on for sure. I uh, you know, I wondered how, how, how you were you know, raising, you know, helping to raise your your kid or helping to, to to guide your little sister. But it sounds like she uh she was a toughie, she could take care of herself.
1: Oh, absolutely. And she's, she's always the one that, when I came home with a boyfriend, my parents wouldn't even get to them before my sister would be threatening them, um, <laughs> which is always so funny. And she's, she's, to this day, still my best friend. So Excellent. I mean, I couldn't ask for a better relationship with her.
0: Family is very important. They're probably the ones that are going to back you up more than anybody else. I've heard it so many times. I've said it so many times. Yes. A family, oh, yeah.
1: family is everything.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) So cool. Got a good family life. All right. Yeah. Mom and dad split up, but they, sounds like they were still in your life and are are they still in your life guiding you? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, right now I'm I'm very grateful. My dad is, um, helping me out with college, (laughs) which I'm so happy about. And, um, my mom is still the person where if I get sick, she's like, do I need to drive down? I'm only two and a half hours away. Like I'll drive down right now. Which is heck of nice.
0: That is very nice. Tight family. That's good. So you're out and living on your own now in in Virginia?
1: I am. I have a roommate um, who um, happens to be my boyfriend. He's in the Army National Guard. So
0: All right. He does
1: that. But when he's gone for the weekends, usually one of my parents, cause once a month, one of my parents will come down. Like, I guess in general, they kind of miss me. <laughs>
0: It's a good excuse. Okay. It's, yeah. a,
1: it's a great excuse. They live
0: for it. <laughs> They're coming to take care of you. Sure they are. They just miss their baby girl and you'll always be their baby girl <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, I, yeah, I have two girls myself, and they'll always be my baby girl. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. How old are they?
0: I got a 14 and 23, 23 just oh made God. me a grandpa. So I'm kind of excited about that. Congratulations! Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So, all right. So, the boyfriend situation is good. Uh, you, you you got a good uh, a good fella, and so that that's good. Love love is important in life to make sure uh, keep you well rounded. Everything's going good there in that situation, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I couldn't ask for anything better, honestly.
0: What um, job is he doing in the army? At National Guard.
1: So he is he's a truck driver for them. <sighs> he drives big rigs and things like that. Um. I mean, National Guard is, is nice. I think the longest he's ever been away was probably basic training, and that was about five months. Mm. So even that wasn't, I mean, too long. I I feel for every wife who ends up on deployment um, or every spouse who ends up with their significant other on deployment. I I commend them because I'm not sure how I'd handle that.
0: Yeah, five months is a long time to be away from from, from a significant other. Uh, your love, you know, and, and uh, I commend you for having that situation. So nursing. All right. You got into nursing. I, I was a, a, a EMT paramedic and in, in the Florida Keys for about uh, 10 years. I, oh, that's I enjoyed a crazy
1: it. a place to be a paramedic. Oh
0: my gosh. Um, but uh, you know, one of the jobs that I, I did was I, I worked in the, uh, with the helicopters. I, I was, I wasn't on the helicopters, but I was in communication. So the flight medics and the and the flight nurses, I, I got to deal with them quite a bit in, in the That's hospitals, so and you know, just That's so neat. I love it. Uh, oh no, working and my mom's a nurse, so I commend you every time she meets somebody and that doesn't know what they want to be. Oh, you should be a nurse. Yeah, should be a nurse. <laughs> so, what uh, what made you choose nursing as the the career of choice?
1: So, I actually started off my freshman year of college. I went to West Virginia University. Um, I was going to be an aerospace engineer. I was I was dead set on it. I was in robotics in high school, like I was ready. And then I got there and I realized that my calling was that I needed to help people. Yes. Like I needed to help people like every day of my life, and I couldn't quite do that in engineering. Um, I could build anything you wanted, but I wasn't in. It's it's almost more of an isolated job, and I needed to be around people, and I needed to be helping others. And I guess after a long talk with just. My family and my family friends and things like that, they're like, okay, well, what about pharmacy or nursing? I'm like, oh, pharmacy sounds cool. And then I read up on it. I'm like, okay, maybe I want to be a nurse. And from then on, I've just been, I just fell in love with everything about it.
0: Well, that says a lot about you because, yes, engineers do help people. <laughs> you know, you can't can't say that they don't. They definitely do. Oh, but, they do.
1: 100%. Uh, but,
0: but they're behind the scenes. These are people that are that are creating, you know, the the infrastructure. Uh, for you, uh, for the people, and you know, building things and and everything you own pretty much is is from an engineer. But you needed to be around people, and I, I commend that as well. That's a, a that's a um, a beautiful thing. And and what kind of nursing do you think you want to get into?
1: So I'm actually I'm pretty undecided about that. Just because I'm really excited to try different kinds and just kind of see how it goes with clinicals and things like that. Right now, I'm definitely leaning towards um, ER emergency care work, which is fabulous and it's um, it's hard, but I've heard it's very, very rewarding. And if not that, probably um, NICU, which is, um, for people who don't know, ICU for infants.
0: Oh, I mean, that'll break your heart. That'll break your heart for sure. But ER, treat them. And street them, fix them up, patch <laughs> people together. And yes, that was the look that's a little behind the scenes for anybody that's listening. Uh, you know, that's you know, treat them and street them, get them fixed up and get them out the door or get them upstairs where they need to be. But ER, that's where I spent, uh, let's see, from whew, what was it, 97 to 2004. Uh, just before I, I was in the fire department from 89 to 99. And just I'm before, I'm before
1: I, so my grandpa
0: did. Oh, that's fantastic. When just before I left the fire department, you know, I said, you know, I've been taking people to the hospital, but I don't know quite what they do. So with my days off, I went and I got a job at the hospital in the ER as a tech. And, you know, I would do blood work and and but I did work with the kids and pediatrics a little bit. But the ER it has so it, it's diverse. You can work in the urgent care you can work oh and midnights are the best because the patients are mostly sleeping so you could fix them up while they while they're snoozing for the most part so yes. I've heard
1: about that I've heard horror stories and amazing stories about night shifts I have no idea if I want to work it at this point because I've heard people be like yeah it's the best experience of my life and other people are like you have to be willing to be up like unreasonable hours all the time
0: Well only the night shift works twice a day uh, our our hospital in particular work uh, from 7 p.m. until 7 a.m., uh, you know, so and, and then people will wake you up th- throughout the day. But you do have you can't if you fix, work it right, you can uh, make your schedule to where uh, you're you're up at, at the right time. Say you need to have do some grocery shopping or or you have errands to run during the day. You can set up your sleep schedule uh, according to that. So, yes, the night shift at the hospital. Did it from, I guess, that what was that? Uh, t- almost 10 years or at least oh uh, b- about, no, seven years, seven years. But it was great. And there's not too many bosses around. Usually it's one boss. <laughs> there's no real administrators. It's a nurse manager that you have to deal with. So yes, you know, go to the hospital, be in the ER, fix people up, treat them and treat them. Now, NICU is, is a certain, it, it, I mean, it takes a certain kind of person. My mom, when she started she was in uh, the cancer ward car- and and she couldn't do that for more than six months. It got to oh, be, wow. oh my goodness, you were with the patients uh, until the end of their lives for the most part. I mean, uh, they, you know, she would see them for months and, and they would be on her floor. So every night when she went to work, she would deal with these patients. So, yeah, there's a lot That's of avenues. Really oh, there's a lot of you know, avenues. You always
1: have to, with things like that, you always have to remember to actually take a little bit of extra care and be extra kind because these are these people's like, these the worst days of their lives oh, and sure. you have to, you have to show the compassion that like you understand um, and things like that. And so I, I commend, I commend her for doing the cancer award. I don't think it's something I could emotionally handle.
0: Yeah. I mean, I commend you for going into the nursing field. People get sick. Unfortunately, people will get sick and you're there to help them feel better in in some kind of way, you know, doctors, uh, they prescribe, but the nurses are the ones that save lives. You're, you're the hands of those doctors and, you know, they're the ones that have gone to school a little further. They're, they're responsible ultimately, but you're the hands, you are the one that's really taking care of these people. How far into nursing have you got, done? Are, are you in the clinicals at all or, or what? So
1: I'm not in clinicals yet. I just finished my preclinicals up. Yeah which is really nice. And I'm actually looking at different clinical schools. Um, where I'm at in Virginia, nursing's very, very popular. We're understaffed and the schools are full. So um, wait lists for a lot of these schools are at two to three years to get into clinicals. Um, so it is one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, let's see what other schools have for clinicals because the prereqs are pretty much the same no matter where you go. Um, so right now I am trying to find a good place, find a great fit for me, things like that for, for clinicals.
0: Oh, I'm sure though. You know, you'll have guidance counselors that'll help you out in that respect. Oh, absolutely! Fantastic. Absolutely. Okay, and and you say that you've um you've talked to some of the the local government. Uh, one senator in particular. Uh, is that something? Another avenue that you might want to explore? Maybe get into community organizing and possibly get into office of some kind. Or how, how, what do you want to do there, Elizabeth? Well, for
1: the most part, I feel like politics is. So heated, especially now. And I feel like the lines are getting very extreme. Um, So I think right now I I probably want to keep my little nose out of politics. Um, But I feel like veteran homelessness is something anybody can pretty much get behind that we need to end it. Um, Which is is kind of where I feel like I really needed to almost reach out to these senators. I needed to talk to them and and find out their opinions. Because I've seen online statements where people say, 10,000 veterans is basically zero. And I mean, that's 10,000 people. So I completely disagreed with that. And so I had to reach out to the individual people and see like personally what they stood for and, you know, things what they want to do and find out how I can help them in my community to forward what they want to do.
0: Well, I'm glad you have a good relationship with at least your uh, your senators and, and your congressmen uh, that um, that can help you. And uh, I guess is it still congressman or is it congressperson? Hmm, I
1: don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I still say congressman. <laughs> I, it might be politically incorrect. I'm not even sure anymore. Um, I, I, I want to be Congress woke. <laughs> I'm talking to plenty of of, of a female congressmen, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> I can't be woke if I'm talking to a twenty-something, and I can't, <laughs> and she can't figure it out. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I'm growing up in a small town. We, I've, I'm always a little kind of behind some of the new terminology and things like that. Now I try really hard to keep with it, um, but sometimes it's so hard for me to. All right. I mean, I'm 20 and I got a Facebook this year, so I'm a little behind.
0: Hey, well, congratulations! Welcome to the the horrors of social media. A lot of people are just breaking down to Instagram. It's post a picture and go and, and walk away <laughs> and don't yeah, get into the drama. Yeah, I
1: started doing that about like last year. I'm like, okay, well, I can handle this because if people get too aggressive, you can always just turn off comments or not read them. Uh, there's an option too, but people say what they will, but you don't always have to acknowledge um, some of the, some of the more rude comments people make.
0: Oh, you're very wise in your young age. Uh, don't look at the comments don't worry about them you know if you like it put it out there and then just set it and forget it <laughs> you
1: know oh absolutely because some people are just they're just crazy and you just you can't you can't always give them the gratification of, of you know a response
0: you know and, <laughs> and i don't live enough. for the likes I, I really don't i you know if i i guess maybe i'm 51 years old i mean i i, I i'm out there because I, I dj on the weekends and and I get to do a lot of parties, and most of the time it's it's me just putting putting out pictures of uh, of me and people at parties and having a good time. And that's where I, you know I, that's what I use my social media for. I don't put pictures of of family out there. I protect uh, my kids. Uh, you know. And, oh,
1: absolutely. I've never posted a picture of my family or anything like that. I really do it to kind of like inspire other people to be like, hey it's not unreasonable to be 20 years old and go out and help your community. Like it's, it's, it's completely within your limits. You can be a college student and still volunteer. Like, and I just kind of hope to inspire other people to see what I'm doing and maybe spark a passion in them and be like, Oh, well, okay, well I'm really interested in this and then go chase that.
0: Well, you did go down another path uh, to help you in your platform of helping the homeless, helping out the, 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 the veterans, the homeless veterans. Uh, you're a beauty queen.
1: <laughs> I am.
0: When did that so, happen?
1: Uh, it actually was a pretty it's a pretty interesting story. Um, one day I was just sitting on the couch, and Toddlers and Tiaras came on, which is the most hilarious show. Um, and completely unrealistic. Nobody's mean like that in, in the world of, of pageantry, really. Everyone I've met is just so kind. I've met some of my best friends in it. And that was maybe six months ago. I was like, I think I want to do this. So I entered a really, really small pageant where it was, you know, it was made for beginners. And I was able to tie in that one for first place. And then I kind of was like, okay, well, let me try two or three more. And I, you know, I did that and I lost and you do it and lose enough times. Eventually I was like, okay, well, maybe I need somebody who specializes in this. So I, um, I was able to meet up with a really great, um, pageant consulting, um, group called, uh, Dash and Uh. a friend by a really wonderful lady named Leah. Uh. And uh, she kind of was like, OK, well, you're, you're great, but maybe we should practice walking or practice interview. And then with that, the first pageant I competed in with her as my coach, I was first runner up. And then the second one I had won. So I was really excited about that.
0: <laughs> now, my friend Leah K. Hatter, uh, full disclosure. Yes. I love that kid. <laughs> She's great. And she's she, amazing. Yes, my goodness. And she's out to help people as well. And, and, and I didn't realize that your pageantry was so recent within the last year. And yeah,
1: it was super recent. Um, I actually haven't even had enough time or, or money. I'm a college kid uh, to get my <laughs> own dresses. I have basically I've taken I had a donation of a really beautiful dress from a girl who heard that I really didn't have one that fit. And then the rest of them, I've been getting from goodwill like $5 dresses and then I'll tailor them myself and make them fit.
0: <laughs> what? And she's got skills too. <laughs> she's a seamstress. <laughs> that's something
1: my my grandma always taught me to do. She's like, if you can sew it, sew it. <laughs> what? So that's, that's basically what I did. The best thing I ever did is I took a size 16 gown and I brought it down to size two.
0: That's and fantastic.
1: That was, it was a week. It was a whole week of, of pretty much doing nothing in my free time sewing, but I was able to do it. and. I've just been competing in in those gowns,
0: basically. It sounds like your grandma's a very amazing lady. That's fantastic. You got those skills. You have family that has been teaching you from a young age, and you've been learning, and you've been community oriented. You, you know, you did the crossing guard. You said you you were involved with what else in school? Um, I was in
1: robotics. Robotics.
0: Was, um, you kind of kind of threw that done. one out there. I robotics <laughs> what. I mean, what did you do with robotics in school? Did you do some of those death matches? Or, or oh, was, was it as, as exciting as that?
1: I wish. I, I honestly <laughs> thought I was signing up to do something like that. I really did.
0: I think I all, mean, all the kids do.
1: We all thought we were signing up for BattleBots. Um, <laughs> no, you cannot fight the robots to the death. We couldn't put flamethrowers on them. It just was against regulations. But we tried and we checked. Um, but basically, we do um pretty, pretty simple tasks. Uh, We'd build a robot that would uh, shoot a ball into um, a hole or a hoop. Um, And sometimes the hoop would move. We'd have an extension of it so it could climb and things like that. It could get over obstacles and complete obstacles, which was really cool. We had a driver for most of it and autonomous for the rest of it. And we were kind of all split into teams. So I got to do some welding and I was part of the team that actually made the physical bot, like the chassis of the bot.
0: That is so cool. So absolutely cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was fun, and then we didn't really have a safety program, which I means they were pretty upset about that. So I was like, "Oh, hey, well, I'll just make a safety program." So I ended up making a safety program, and then I was the first head of safety um, to win awards, which was really fun. Um, we won awards for a safety program and things like that,
0: which is really cool. That is really cool, Elizabeth Lanning. It, you know, what do you think about the those, that Boston? What is it, Boston? robotics uh, they they have that animal like that, that, that robot that kind of looks like a like an animal and they push it around they throw it off of uh buildings and i mean do you think it's like cruelty to robots do they do you feel for that robot sometimes
1: um i can actually you'd be amazed i can feel for almost any hunk of metal uh <laughs> just because i've seen our robot do I mean somebody screwed up when they were you know using the controller and you know accidentally threw it off a bench or something and I was like oh my gosh my robot and I'd like run over to it um so sometimes yeah I do feel for the robot but, I mean if they're sturdy enough they'll survive almost anything it's pretty cool
0: empathy she's got empathy <laughs> <laughs> love for the fellow man and love for your fellow AI Do you think they're gonna take over the world
1: I do no. know um <laughs> No, it's just not feasible because we can teach an AI to learn, but we can't teach it to learn human emotion for the most part. We can teach it how to process it, but not really how to feel it. So, I mean, you know, there are robots now where if you if you push them really hard, you know, they'll make a sound. Aww. That's not them actually feeling pain. It's just like what we taught them to do. So I don't think they're going to be taking over the world anytime soon. And I don't think they're going to be replacing people anytime soon, except for McDonald's. and um, Their robots have got it all right now. The well, little robots, yeah.
0: Elizabeth Lanning, you're crushing my dreams. I I, I want to no. live forever in a giant uh, monkey robot body. Oh my gosh,
1: uh, that would be cool. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. It's also <laughs> against
0: like the law, so that's a problem <laughs> as well. The law, <laughs> laws are made to be broken. That's what this country was founded on. You know, people that that uh, pushed and the boundaries and bent the law and made uh, you know people uh, live forever in. Giant monkey robot bodies? Hmm.
1: Yeah, um, let me know when they when they catch up on that. Oh, I'm down, but I, I'm not sure if anytime soon. But let me know.
0: I'm sure it's happening in third world countries. They're they're working on things, P- possibly in China. Oh, There's a lot of science out there that we don't know definitely.
1: about. They're 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 really crazy with some of the technology that they've come up with recently. It's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, what they've done. Um, right now, we have a robot that is being tested, and it was kind of designed for the army, not by the army, and it'll. It, it'll dodge people like it'll shoot it can shoot a gun but it won't shoot people which is really interesting
0: you know it's amazing and you've had a, a, f- a family that's been in the armed forces uh, you know and I, I know that the the armed forces the military does push technology and uh, you know have you experienced that firsthand uh, or any stories from your from your relatives that have been in the various armed forces
1: i don't actually get a lot of technology stories There's stories in general um, Right now, my cousin is—he's in Hawaii. That's where his base is. Uh, uh, you know, can I be
0: in that base, Gus?
1: Right, <laughs> right. I was like, that was his first—that was the first place he was assigned. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little delphi right now, buddy. <laughs> but um, no, I haven't heard anything crazy. I mean, we've got self-driving trucks, and obviously, they're being tested and things like that. Um, and um, of course, once they get perfected, you know, they'll probably become implemented in, in military and things like that.
0: All right. Uh, well, Elizabeth Lanning, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of veering a different direction, picking your, your brain, learning things <laughs> from you, about you, uh, all around you. So how does uh, being a beauty queen, and I'm going to keep saying beauty queen, what is the official title?
1: Um, You're good. So I'm um, Miss Virginia USA Ambassador.
0: Miss Virginia USA Ambassador. What pageant is that? What, what group is that? Is that? you know in, in, so, do you, wh- Where can you go from there? Uh, I know it's, is, and how is it helping your platform of helping the homeless?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's given me a, a voice, basically. Um, I have maybe 100 followers on social media. I'm not a big social media person. But um, basically with this, um, my title is Miss Virginia. The, the people I'm with are USA ambassador. And, um, they have a really, really great program and it's kind of like their motto. It's Slick, it's success through leadership, integrity, character, and confidence in today's young women. So it basically gives you a point to start with and you can take it anywhere you want. Um, this summer, if I can fundraise the money, hopefully I will be going to nationals where I'll be competing for, um, Miss USA ambassador.
0: That is cool as can be. Have you set up a, a GoFundMe or any uh, a Patreon or how can people uh, give to Elizabeth Lanning and and it it's not uh, it's not bad if if you promote yourself because I've told you promote yourself.
1: Yeah, no, you are good. So, um, yes, I do have a GoFundMe. It's um, it's the GoFundMe dot com forward slash Miss V A U S A A. So, Miss Virginia USA Ambassador.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm, I'll be looking for that and I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and make sure that people have that link. And if they have the I, means. Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay.
1: unfortunately not one of the girls who can just write the big check and send it in. I have to fundraise and things like that around the community.
0: Oh, no. And you're helping people in the community. That, that It's a very noble effort. I mean, any, any this is a small... The small way that I can help is getting your voice to be a bigger voice. <laughs> and
1: I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm, I'm really you.
1: happy that, that you reached out to want to talk because I absolutely love it. Like I've listened to your podcast actually for for a minute now. I learned about it through Leah and um,
0: they're really fun. Oh my goodness. General. They're usually really fun. Uh, you know, it. this one's really fun. Uh, I'm learning about <laughs> Elizabeth Lanning, 20 years old, already done so much, already been involved with the community. I mean, do you? How often are you getting to the homeless shelters? You know, you're you're trying to go to school. You're trying to get this nursing degree. It can't be easy to find extra time in in the midst of your studies. Uh, where do you find time for 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 uh, well for uh, Netflix and and having fun with the the boyfriend and and making sure that 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 everything's in balance? How do you do it, girl? How do you do it?
1: So just, like, as a general rule in my life, like, usually at least five days a week, I try to have everything done by 8 p.m. Um, and just, like, so I have some time to chill. Um, but then on days that I'm volunteering and things like that, I'll set up my class schedule. So I'm only going to class three days a week. All my classes are on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and that way, I have time to do homework in between the classes. And then on the weekends, I can definitely volunteer. Right now it's been a little hard with um the virus going around. Um it's definitely a lot of places have been like going to um payroll only. Some of the shelters have and things like that, just, just as precautions. And what things.
0: virus? Tell the people.
1: Oh the coronavirus.
0: <laughs> what coronavirus?
1: Oh, the-, the nasty coronavirus that's currently in Virginia in my area. <laughs>
0: The novel COVID-19 coronavirus, which is the way I have to report it whenever I'm doing the uh, What Makes You Smarter podcast and and telling people the 10 things they need to know today. You have to use all those syllables. It's the novel COVID-19 coronavirus that is currently scaring I'm the entire world. Uh, you know, I, I find, you know, if you keep yourself healthy, it it is detrimental to people that, that have low immune systems. and and the elderly and, and even young children but i find that people if if you're you're strong you, you keep yourself fit you, you work outside in the sun get get a little sunshine i think you're going to be less susceptible I, people are Absolutely. scared out there
1: and i've been trying not to go places that are like super super overpopulated like obviously i went to walmart cuz i ran out of paper towels like a normal person yeah um but all the crazy people had taken all the paper towels <laughs> so yeah. i had to go to like four different stores to find some paper towels for my house
0: Yeah, I was going out for one pack And all the packs are gone It's
1: like a three pack here, people Why are there zero?
0: (laughs) It's an interesting time that we're in And for those people that are listening uh, Maybe 10, 15, maybe 50 years from now It's currently March of 2020 And we're dealing with this uh, uh, COVID-19 virus So if we're not all dead
1: All the colleges have shut down In my state at least
0: Yeah, if we're not all dead And you're listening (laughs) I appreciate that (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, I've done my best not to freak out about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of taking it like it's a flu.
0: Well, I know that um, now that uh, America's sweetheart, uh, Tom Hanks, has it and his wife, Rita Wilson, uh, we should have a cure in about a week or so. <laughs> you
1: think it'll take that long?
0: Yeah, can't can't let him pass. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Tom Hanks, baby. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. You think it'll take a whole week? I'm betting a couple days here.
0: Right, right. <laughs> That's good. That's real good, Elizabeth Lanning. All right. So what's on the uh, the horizon? Your uh, What's your next uh, pageant or what's a, uh, well, I mean, where I mean, how can people help the homeless and, and what do you want to talk about? What's your, wh- what avenues do you want to explore?
1: Sure. So um, definitely best ways to help the homeless, especially right now while the novel coronavirus is on the loose uh, or the novel COVID, I'm sorry, the novel COVID-19 coronavirus is on the <laughs> loose um, the best thing you can do is honestly take supplies to the shelters. Right now, the shelters are not getting what they need. I mean, you walk into any Walmart, you can see why. Mm. They need everything right now. Um, a lot of times, they are they need toilet paper and things like that, and toiletries and feminine hygiene products and things that they can usually get but are out at most places. Um, and then you can always set up donations with your with schools and things like that. Almost every school, if you go to the admin and you're like, "Hi." I'd like to set up a donation, um, a canned goods donation or even something like that. I mean, schools love to get on board with things like that. In my experience, they're they're all for it. They're ready to go. So you can always reach out, start canned goods donation. You can start at your church and things like that. Um, And then almost every place just just needs volunteers to to have to put time in. Um, Volunteering doesn't always mean working in the kitchen either. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people think that's what it means. Yeah, what else Um, can you do? a lot of the shelters, and especially missions, which are usually church-run shelters um, for people who have not heard of exactly the difference, um, a lot of the missions have thrift stores and things like that. Um, If you support their thrift stores, that's where the majority of a lot of the income comes from, especially if they're not state or federally funded. Um, And then on top of that, if you want to volunteer, you can volunteer to work in the thrift stores. And that doesn't mean you have to volunteer for eight hours. I've worked two hour shift before i mean whatever time you have they will always take it um which is just so wonderful
0: yeah i always thought helping the homeless man go to the go serve some soup and there, there's yeah more you i know like a do. lot
1: of people think that but there's there's so many jobs i mean sometimes there's even after school care for little children things oh. like that so if you people who are interested in working with kids you can go to the homeless shelter and just help these kids with their homework in a space where they have all the resources they need and things like that with, with computers and, you know, we've got the pens and the printers and things like that. And it's just giving them some school care, letting the little ones go outside and play and let the older ones do homework. And It's a lot you can do.
0: Yeah. Whatever skills you can do, they, they will take advantage of those skills. I, I, I mentioned the coho before the city of hope outreach here in Conway, Arkansas. And me, I'm a humble DJ. What can I do? Well, they had a, uh, a carnival to raise money and i offered my dj services and my speaker system so they can we, we can hawk out all the uh the various carnival things so i became a, a carnival hawker and i put little dance contest out there and kept the people entertained so that's a small way that that i helped the homeless yay so you can do yeah. that whatever skill you have if you're a mechanic you could help you know help fix up things around the place uh, an engineer oh, honestly
1: have cars that they'll take um, homeless to appointments and things like that. Like sometimes even just job interviews or to a doctor center or something like that. Like they need drivers for that even. So if you're like, Hey, I don't mind driving a car for a couple hours a day and, you know, getting a coffee in between, like you can do that too. Like there's a lot you can do. It's not just um, working in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. Those skeptics out there that think, Hey, how come the homeless can't get a job? Well, get them a car, (laughs) give them a ride. Give them a ride to a an employment office. Perhaps they they will get a job. How <laughs> about that? If they have the the ability. So there you go. There's places.
1: Plenty- exactly, and I found that a lot of the homeless that are really in need, some of them even have jobs. Yes, and and that's like that's that's to me, it's the worst thing to see is to see somebody who has a job and they're working and they're doing the best they can and they're getting overtime and they still cannot afford a home or a car or things like that.
0: Oh, I've been a paycheck away from, you know, homelessness a a lot of times in my life, you know, many, many times in my life, you know, my, my reckless twenties, you know, but if you're in your twenties, you can do whatever you want, (laughs) but you're taking, yeah, you're taking your time to actually uh, help people and, and build a career for yourself in which you're going to help people even more. I I commend you, uh, Elizabeth Lanning. I'm, I'm impressed by you. I I knew that you were a, 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 an upstanding citizen of the future, but uh, I, I can see even more that you're heading in the right direction. Your heart's in the right place, uh, you know. Thank
1: you so much. Oh, <laughs> keep
0: going forward. You know, I commend your parents for for raising a good kid. You're a good kid. <laughs> yeah, so, I try. I try. Uh, my parents are sometimes they
1: sometimes even my parents question me, but I always try.
0: <laughs> oh, kids always push boundaries. Uh, you know, probably so you have to. probably it's from uh, yeah. As a as a teenager, you were probably uh. You know, pushing out your your boundaries, but now now that you're uh, grown and y- y- you probably love your parents even more so, it's a cycle. oh
1: yeah, and I love them for all the times that they got me in trouble in high school. Honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> I learned from it. You know, I learned that hey, if you have somewhere to be by a certain time, be there. <laughs> don't don't show up late for curfew. Don't do things like that. Be there.
0: You can count on Elizabeth Lanning. If she says she's <laughs> going to be there, she's going to be there. And so any other, when's the next pageant or is it already, uh, scheduled or, or when's the, the next thing on the horizon?
1: Yeah. So the next pageant, so while I'm in USA ambassador, I do not think I could handle any other titles right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because it's, it's a lot of work, um, especially with, you know, all all the, all of what I'm trying to do. And, um, you know, I try to be in parades and things like that on top of it to just kind of hype out usa ambassador because i mean they're great and um so my next my next pageant is basically um at the end of july it's a week it's like july 29th to august 5th i think 4th or 5th Mm -hmm. so that's a full week and then um after that i'll either i'll either win and then i got the higher title for the whole year or i will um you know i'll stay usa ambassador miss virginia and I'll just finish out the rest of the year is that I've only had this title for about a month now. Amazing. So I still have 11 more months to go. And and I, I promise it's not the last anyone's heard of me.
0: <laughs> I believe that to be true. All right. Let the people know how to, you're not much on social media, but let the people know how to get a hold of you. If they want to, uh, to donate or give, or, or, uh, if they want to uh, get into contact with you and find out how they can, how they can be an Elizabeth Lanning.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> So um, my Instagram is VA underscore USA Ambassador. And then I also have like um, one that's kind of just dedicated to the community service I do, um, which is Serving Those Who Serve. And that's 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 my platform and that's the name of the Instagram. Um, And right now I'm currently doing um, a cool little thing. So I'm trying to get all 50 states to donate. Something to their local homeless shelters. I'm filling in a map at the end of this week. That's just kind of showing what states we have represented here, um, and people can just message me saying, "Hey, I donated 35 jars of peanut butter <laughs> in South uh, South Dakota," and then South Dakota is marked off. So I'm trying to see if we can get every single state represented out here on this amazing map. I'm going to be putting up. I'm very excited.
0: I'm very excited for you. I'm very excited for the people, the homeless people in particular. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely.
1: I mean, there's something you can do at any time, especially right now where I can't necessarily go in and and serve in the capacity that I I want to. Because I work at, um, I volunteer at about four different shelters around Virginia. Um, so I I volunteer a lot. And sometimes like ones in Roanoke, which is about an hour and a half from me, I I can't get there right now. Um, It's just, it's not feasible with the traffic and the area and everything. So I'm just trying to make sure that all the shelters get what they need, no matter where they are.
0: Tell me you're dragging your fella around with you.
1: Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I do sometimes drag him around with me. Um, Definitely because some shelters, every shelter on the inside is just a wonderful place to be. But sometimes they're not on the best sides of town. And it can be a little daunting, but it shouldn't be. Um, I know the first time I go to a shelter, I usually bring the fella um, just to make sure that I don't end up in an unsafe situation. Um, but usually after the first time, I'm like, yeah, yeah this is fine. <laughs> We're good here.
0: No, that's just wow. wise. That's just very wise. Well, yeah, all you right. have to be,
1: always be safe about it. Um, never go alone to an area you've never been before um, into a shelter you've never been because you don't exactly know what it's set up on the inside either. You're very um,
0: smart.
1: <laughs> I've had times where it's taken me half an hour to find the
0: reception desk. So. <laughs> Well, all right. I think I've taken about an hour of your time. We've gone through a lot of different things. My goodness, you are uh, extending your arms out to the community and giving them a big old hug, even though we're supposed to be socially distancing ourselves at this particular moment in time. You know, last Saturday, I'm sorry, last Friday, I do my regular gig at a a club in Conway, Arkansas, the Rab, and I DJ uh, over there and and I, I said, "Thank you all for coming out of this trying time." And and I'm offering free <laughs> hugs, and they lined up and they gave me hugs. I, I, oh,
1: that's I, so cute!
0: Oh I my goodness, it. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, you know, uh, people are worried. You know, should should we be distancing ourselves? You know, it, it's a it's a troubling time when the media is telling you one thing, and then you are realize, well, maybe it's just a, a really bad flu. Is it is it that big? Is it that much? You
1: know and sometimes i know there's a lot of country music artists right now that are doing like live stream concerts and things like that they're like don't come out of your home like feel free to lock down but let's just dress for half an hour or whatever and let's play some songs and stuff and live stream it which is pretty cool
0: it is pretty cool i think i saw keith urban doing that nicole kidman was hanging out in the wings you know uh I, i just saw that recently so that's that was pretty cool but, uh, yeah, and then
1: I know Luke Combs did it tonight for a bit, which was awesome too. I love Luke Combs.
0: How cool is that? <laughs> the
1: boy loves Luke Combs a lot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig in the house. <laughs> 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 All right. So you, when you play your music, do you play it loud? Oh, yeah. Do the pretty neighbors? Unless it's <laughs> quiet
1: hours in my apartment because there's a baby that lives a floor below us. Then Ooh. I keep it quiet. But like, other than that, the music's pretty loud.
0: All right. Well, that means when whatever Elizabeth Lanning's listening to, Neighbors, that's what you're listening to as well. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I usually finish these things off with uh, your last words for the people. It could be something that you live by, words of wisdom, uh, an idea that just pops in your head right now. It's Elizabeth Lanning, last words for the people.
1: So I think what I just kind of want everyone to kind of vibe with is that always be kind. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Um, you don't know what the people around you are also going through and if you just spread kindness it is infectious and if you are kind the person next to you will be and it it will spread farther than you think and it will touch more people's lives than you know always be kind and be generous and remember like even if you have it tough there is somebody who has left out there and you always have to remember them and remember to show them the kind of love that you want to be shown
0: Well, there you have it, party people. Elizabeth Lanning, a woman of the future, 20 years old and already got her head on straight. What was I doing when I was 20 years old? I definitely wasn't uh, becoming a a nurse and taking care of the community and helping the homeless. I was doing a little bit of community service back then, and and I hope that you do too. I hope that the kids, when they grow up, they they learn about the community. Yeah, I guess I, you know what, now that I think about it, when I was 20, I was firefighting. I was, uh, you know, working as a, 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 yeah, I guess I was community oriented. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we'd have our boot drives, and collect money for the homeless as well. So, yeah, okay. I guess I did good, some good stuff for them. <laughs> but she's really pouring it on, uh, volunteering. You know, her, she's she makes time on her schedule to volunteer for the homeless. And in particular, she specializes in the homeless veterans, you know, when they come back from Whatever they've seen overseas trying to help the people and uh make sure that, that that our freedoms are secured and you know doing the job doing the job that that uh, maybe not a lot of people want to do and and they come back and, and maybe they don't have anything when they get back here they They had a steady paycheck they had three hots and a cot while they were in the armed forces in the service, but then they get uh, you know they get out for whatever reason, and now what well. Thank you, Elizabeth Lanning, for helping to steer those people in the right direction. Your volunteering, I'm sure, helps. And you've had a lot of uh, of good feedback with that volunteering. And now you're becoming a nurse. Uh, you're well on your way to helping more people. And uh, please consider ER. That's the spot. That's the spot. ER in the middle of the night. Treat them and street them. And they will be sleepy <laughs> so you could you know have take their IVs and their blood pressures and you know make sure that they got their medicine you wake them up wake up Mr. Smith wake up time to take a pill okay you can go back to sleep <laughs> and they feel so much better because you took care of them how about that <laughs> but whatever kind of nurse you' you're gonna be I I expect it's gonna be you're gonna be the best at it yeah, I mean you you excelled in school. I mean that uh, says a lot about you. Crossing guard, people make fun of crossing guards. I know in the movies, you're like, oh, crossing guard, yeah, yeah, yeah But you, uh, you held that, held off that bullying with the, with the self deprecating humor. So good job, good job, Elizabeth Lanning. Thank you so much for being on the program. What makes you famous? And on top of all that, she's a beauty queen. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you'd like to tell your story, yes, you. I'm talking about you. If you want to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501 470 6386 or email info at radio what.com. That's it for me. It's Key's Dan, Radio What.com, DJ Little Rock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag what makes you famous. Follow on Facebook at WhatMakesYouFamous. Follow on Instagram at what makes you famous. Follow on Twitter at makesfamous. And follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave what makes You Famous? Podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story. On my podcast, What Makes You Famous, call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some words to live by always choose life a public service message from radio What.com, the music you want tweet tweet yo follow radio what on twitter at radio what twit tweet tweet yo